as we began to unfold this model, I sort of honestly had to have the conversation with God and go, okay, God, do I trust you enough that you're big enough to go through a computer screen <laughs> that you can, you, the Holy Spirit can yeah, translate through a television. This is Equip and Engage, a podcast by Subsplash, exploring how ministry, technology, and innovation come together to equip churches around the world to engage their communities. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Equip and Engage, the Subsplash podcast. My name is Justin, uh, and I'm your host, and I oversee strategic partnerships here at Subsplash, and so grateful that you've joined us today. Uh, I'm joined by the Clats, Justin and Janae Clatt, who pastor a great church out of Phoenix, Arizona called Imagine Church. And uh, by the way, before we even get into your questions, for those of you who are watching this podcast, you'll recognize that this one's coming to you a little bit differently than a normal one over video chat. So uh, excited to try out this new format with you guys and uh, thanks for joining us today from Arizona. And so uh, I would love to hear as we get started into, uh, into this week's uh, you know, topic, tell us a little bit about how you guys got started in ministry, uh, what led you to what you're doing now, because when we get into what you're doing now, I think a lot of people will be curious to hear about some of the models and style of the way you guys are doing church, but I'd love to hear a little bit about how you got started. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Justin and Subsplash, for having us. It is an honor to be on this. I remember the first Subsplash podcast I listened to, and I said, oh, it would be amazing to be on that podcast one day. (laughs) So thank you for making dreams come true, Justin. You're welcome. It's our pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, we both separately, before we got married, started doing ministry Uh, about 18 years ago, youth pastoring at two different churches, me in uh, Flagstaff, Arizona, and Las Vegas, Nevada, and Janae in Phoenix. And then we met 15 years ago and got married 14 years ago (laughs) and have been doing ministry together. Uh, Everything from youth pastoring to campus pastoring and starting a couple... um, uh, campuses of the churches we worked at from scratch, um, and executive pastoring, and now church planting for the last two and a half years. That's yeah. amazing. So over the years, it sounds like uh, you guys have held multiple titles in ministry. Uh, what what uh, what was your desire, the impetus for then planting your own church? Why Phoenix? Uh, number one, love Phoenix. By the way, that wasn't meant to. Why Phoenix? And talk to us a little bit about the style of church that you're doing as well in your planting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, Phoenix, I grew up here. So when we moved around and did some ministry in other parts of the country, there became a point as a family, we have two young girls, mm-hmm. uh, where we said we want to be somewhere where we can plant roots mm-hmm. and yeah. someplace that feels like home. Uh, so that there's stability there, no matter what God calls us to, there's a, a sense of stability. And so we felt like God led us back to Phoenix yeah. and that's really where we started. And when we came back to Phoenix, we had no intention whatsoever to plant a church. Uh, and then, in fact, I have always said we will never plant a church <laughs> because my gifting as a pastor, there has to be people to love in order to pastor shepherd people and to start a church from scratch, there's nobody to even love or pastor. And so I'm like, no, let's let's just take over a church when a pastor retires. I don't ever want to take, I don't want to start yeah. a church from scratch. Yeah. 
I, on the other hand, love the challenge of starting something from scratch. Mm -hmm. And so I asked that question when we moved back to Phoenix, because God stirred it in my heart again, mm -hmm. um, as he had for, for many years. And this was the, the first time when I said, hey, what if we planted a church uh, that believed God for big things? And this was the first time you're like, yeah, let's do it. This is, this is right. So that was how we got to Phoenix and how the conversation to plant a church began. That's amazing. So you've got this God dream that uh, is, uh, is causing you to move forward. So what was your process like? You started gathering people for a core team. Uh, you started looking at launching services and things like that. And then somewhere along the way, it started to pivot uh, into yeah. a, a little bit different model than maybe you'd be traditionally used to. Walk yeah, me through absolutely. that process. Absolutely. We, again, like I said, we grew up in the church. I was a pastor's kid. You were a church kid from the very beginning. Um, so we love traditional church. We value it. There, there's a beauty in, in the, the church body. I mean, it's, it's biblical. It's exactly why we, we are here. And so uh, when we, we decided to plant a church, there was a stirring in us to, to believe God for big things. And that's where actually the name of our church came from. Uh, it was Ephesians 3.20. Uh, that we would plant a church and gather people who believe God to do more than we could ever ask or imagine according to his power in us. So there was a passion for that. And we said, hey, let's gather some of our friends and we'll, we'll, we'll use a, a local church here in Scottsdale, Arizona. And um, that was the original plan, brick and yeah. mortar. That's what we knew. That's what we were familiar with. That's what we loved. And so that's what we set out to do. And just like you said, Justin, at some point it began to shift. We had um, about 10 people in LA because we came here to Phoenix from pastoring a church in LA. And there was about 10 people that said, well, if, you're, if you guys are planting a church in Phoenix, then I guess we need to move to Phoenix so that we can be a part of your church because we want you guys to be our pastors. And, and then another two people in New York City. And so ultimately, one of our pastor friends just said, well, that's awesome, but what are you going to do to keep them involved in what you're doing until they move there? Yeah. And we were like, okay, well, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess we could use this you know, thing called Zoom, and they could Zoom into our launch team meetings and our, our core team meetings. And uh, so we called all them, and we started that, and, and we started doing launch team meetings and then um, sort of church services. I mean, we did some worship and so we did some church services over Zoom and we did that for about nine months. Yep. And then we realized that it wasn't very good. Uh, <laughs> the quality of worship could never be good. Sure. You can't put words on the screen for worship. Preaching from a stage into a Zoom camera is not sustainable <laughs> and not good. But it taught us some things along the way. So you guys essentially then for, you, you mentioned for a number of months, had people logging in. And you said that, uh, from your experience, uh, it, was, it was tough uh, for, for connecting with people. So if that's the case, then how did you, uh, what are you doing now, number one, that's different from what you were doing? Um, but walk me through what that, what that experience looks like. Because from what I understand, you guys still aren't fully gathering in one space. You have people that are kind of all over the place, like you did even months ago. Right. And that happened while we were in one of those gatherings with live Zoom taking place. And I was actually teaching and we had about 15 people in Arizona and we had about 15 people in L.A. and a few people in, uh, from New York. And there was just this moment as I was delivering 
a word that was really universal. It was, it was for everyone. But there was this moment really where the Holy Spirit said, stop for a minute and allow people to discuss this. Let them talk about it. Just give them a, give them a breath to talk about this right where they are. Yeah. Um, and which is something, you know, we'd done in youth group in like breakout sessions or things like that, that I'd seen, but I, it was but not in church. It was kind of unfamiliar in a church setting. Yeah. Sounds and so like, I, it sounds like summer camp at youth ministry. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I was like, you know, those coffee chats like around the yeah. table, you know. And so I just thought, hey, this is this is a group of safe people who let us try crazy things. So let's try it. And I did. And I stopped and I said, Hey, just for a minute, guys, let's let's talk about this scripture and just right where you are, whether that's in LA or New York or Phoenix. Uh, turn to two or three people and just just talk about it. How does this apply to your life? And we all muted our lines so we could all talk sort of separately. Yeah. And um, we kind of regrouped the, as everyone was talking. Said, "Okay, now let's come back and share." And as they came back, what we discovered was that they took this scripture that was universal and they applied it to their lives in a unique and different way. So what LA was experiencing was different than what we in Phoenix were experiencing and same for New York. Mm -hmm. And that was a, a catalytic moment for Imagine yeah. Church because we saw really the power of the word of God and we saw it in community. So we started doing those uh, community time questions that, for community mm -hmm. discipleship. And, and we even say from the stage in the camera, Hey, what you guys are doing in your communities, in your around the living room or on the virtual platform, what you guys do in this discussion time is just as important from anything we say from stage, uh, because that's where discipleship happens. Yeah, that's amazing. So I've got a, a number of follow-up questions, and I, I would imagine as well for people listening um, would, would, would love to know a little bit about even how some of your discipleship models are working throughout the week. I know as a pastor myself, that would be a question that I would, that I would have. But even just from a logistic um, and a practical perspective, could you walk us through, uh, number one, what does that like practically look like to get those messages and discussion times out to people? Because you mentioned truckers in LA and New York. And, and then the second question would be, where are some of those communities um, around the US now um, existing all these months later? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll just jump in real quick to set sort of take you from where we were in those live Zoom meetings. Yes. And we realized that doesn't work. So then there became sort of a, a season with Imagine where we had to figure out how is this going to be duplicatable? Mm -hmm. How are we going to create those uh, pockets of community because it can't all be at the same time with time zones and and people's lives it just can't be one a one shot mm -hmm. and so that's where we began to realize the structure of imagine um, is going to uh, to look like this and this is what it looks like uh, we film our services on one on Saturday with our studio team and we incorporate those community time questions within those messages and we in our church studio team we speak directly to the camera I mean those are some of the things that we learned is that and even on this podcast you'll see like having a screen in front of you still it distances you from someone on the other side yep. and so if the person isn't speaking directly to the camera you feel like you're missing out and so we incorporate it where the studio team, they know that we are there to, to create the word and to bring it to our communities. And then that's what's multiplied out. So we recorded on a Saturday and all week long, then the communities, 
have a chance to watch it and then participate in those community time discussions. So that's how we got to where we are now. And then you can take it from there. Well, in the, in the process of finding our studio and building it out and making and learning all this equipment, our whole studio team didn't know anything about sound and cameras. And I mean, we knew how to put a zoom camera on a laptop <laughs> and do church. Super high tech. And so we had to learn all these things. And in that process of praying together and figuring things out, we started to really see occupations, lifestyles, walks of life that people can't have church community. And so all week long, we have these truckers, RVers, bands, musicians, people who are bedridden with MS, yeah. prohibited from making it to church, uh, you know, every week. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Um, so, so as people are um, connecting in this way, obviously, you, it sounds like you have some people that are uh, really almost telecommuting, if you would, to, uh, to, to church, but you have other people that are gathering in actual physical communities ingesting some of the content or at least discussing that which you're broadcasting or pushing out how do they receive that information um and this is not just a shameless plug for subsplash i know you guys are on our platform but, <laughs> there you go but how are you guys how are you guys sending that out how are people interacting with it and then probably a, an important question that i would have how do you measure metrics of discipleship to make sure that the conversations that are happening in those living rooms in that kind of context are actually helping people take a step forward in their journey with Christ? So good. So good. I want to talk about the technology part yeah. and then I'll shift it over to you for the other part. Uh, yes. Subsplash has been key in this. Uh, our app and our website, has the our, our website has the media module on there from Subsplash and our website and the app and so all of our teachings which is actually the updates our teaching and then worship are all on there uh, and so people can go watch you know all week long but we actually encourage when when people say hey can I just go to your app and the website and watch this week's teaching I go yes you can but I would rather you not just go watch it. And I would rather you jump on one of our services and do it together with somebody else in community. But how it happens is we have uh, each community has a community builder, our, our leader, our, you know, if you'd say little campus pastor, but they're, they're the community builder for that service. So they get trained um, by us or our community builder directors they get trained in that and uh, they share their screen either in their living room, they pull it up on their TV or on the virtual uh, platform, they share their screen and go to our Subsplash app or website and, and pull up the service for that week and then watch it together mm. and then discuss it together and do worship together. And uh, it's pretty amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. And so, so then the second part of that question um, it, that we track the metrics, like Justin said, we have a community builder who facilitates that. So mm -hmm. our, our community builders are directly sort of connected, not sort of, they are connected to our community builder directors. And they are a couple um, based out of California and they help keep community amongst the built, the community builders, because mm -hmm. that's that, that 
circle of influence that they're then plugging in and making sure that they're they're doing okay and so every month we have a community builder meeting where we are a part of that our directors are a part of it and all the community builders across the country are a part of that Um, and we do we disciple one another we are in our daily devotions we're challenging everyone to to spend time with the 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 Lord and his word and and then and you know and then there's that the check-in with the discipleship we're reading books together we're just challenging the community builders really if you're not filled up uh you can't pour out if you're empty right and so that's what's great about this model is that really the church is led by the church and by everyday people it's it's not just a licensed pastor who gets to lead and shepherd it's the guy down the street who has a passion for his community and his family yeah. and all of the families on his son's baseball team. And he's gathering people together yeah. because he loves Jesus and he wants to see his community transformed. Huh. Um, yeah. I can imagine that even that title community builder may take some of the pressure off the shoulders of somebody as opposed to community pastor, where they yeah. feel like they have to deliver not just the care, uh, but also the theological perspective on everything. Uh, you yeah. guys can handle more of that centrally. And then, yeah. but the community care just falls on the builder, yeah. not necessarily the pastor. Right. Yeah. It's the, it's the title and the job description in one thing. Yeah, yeah. You're the community builder. So what are you supposed to do? Build community. That's right. it. And each community throughout the week has its own Facebook group mm-hmm. and its own uh, message channel on the Subsplash app where we, where they, you know, the, the, the new messaging system through the Subsplash app where yeah. they um, can sort of like group text communicate all week long and send prayer requests to each other and stay, stay in community. So where, where do you see the Holy Spirit uh, at work most in people's lives? And then a follow-up question would be, what are some of the challenges that you're facing or finding in this uh, untraditional or unorthodox model of doing church? Yeah, great questions. Uh, I'll, I'll just jump to the first one real quick. Um, Cause personally I've, had to, a journey in that in that process with the Holy Spirit, I think, as we planted this church. Growing up in a traditional church model, I love gathering with people. I love that experience when the Holy Spirit moves, you know, that mountaintop, those yeah. camp experiences. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I mean, there's something so beautiful about that. And as we began to unfold this model, I sort of honestly had to have the conversation with God and go, okay, God, do I trust you enough that you're big enough to go through a computer screen <laughs> that you can, you, the Holy Spirit can yeah, translate through a television. And, and he is ever faithful. God is ever faithful. And I have seen the move of the Holy Spirit in a conversation over Zoom with people in Chicago and Hawaii and Florida from all different walks of life where God unites them in a conversation and the move of the Holy Spirit just yeah. hits everyone in a different location at the exact same time. I mean, yeah. if there's any representation of the all-powerful, all-reaching move of the Holy Spirit, it's when you're on a Zoom call and you're all in different states and everybody's crying and everybody's just hitting the floor on their knees and saying, God, thank you for what you've done in our lives. And it's, yeah. it's been a beautiful really just a beautiful example of the the great God that we serve. It's been, it's been just a crazy journey of God leading through lots of failures Mm -hmm. and then successes and then failures and then successes. And then, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just been, it's been, 
fun and crazy all at the same time. <laughs> but I think the biggest challenge is to have such a big vision and, and, and in this format, the possibilities are truly endless. Yeah. Um, but I think the biggest challenge is how do we, how do we get the word out there? How do we tell military families, hey, you can go to church together. Even if you're deployed in Afghanistan, you can jump on the Imagine Church platform with and do family. church with your family every single week. Mm -hmm. How do we tell all the church truckers of the world and all the full-time RVers and all the people who are bedridden and all these people, hey, you can have community. Just, you know, and so I think it's just a burden of tell everybody but how do we do that? And so trusting the Lord. Yeah. Trusting, trusting that the Holy spirit will lead them. Yeah. 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 That's incredible. What an amazing journey that you guys have been on. And I'm reminded of the incredible uh, uh, encouragement from the, the book of Zechariah it says, you know, don't despise the day of small beginnings for the Lord yeah. rejoices when the work begins. And yeah. so oftentimes we rejoice in the finished product, but that's up to God to fill. Um, we are just called to begin a work, and, uh, and I love that you guys have done that so faithfully uh, mm -hmm. through all of the ups and the downs and figuring it out. That being said, uh, just a final question. What, are, what advice would you give somebody who's looking to, to step out if, if maybe God's put on their heart to, uh, to plant something that is a little bit different than what they're used to or to engage in ministry that is a little bit outside of the box from what their normal context would be? But what, what advice would you give to somebody like that if they were to come to you and say, I want to get started with this dream what do I do? I want to start by saying something you said yesterday, and then maybe you can even then expound on it. But I would say you, you have to start with your why. Mm -hmm. Number one, why do you want to do something outside the box? Is it just to buck tradition? Is it just, <laughs> is it just out of selfish ambition that you just want to do something different for being different sake? Or is there a why? And I think along with that is, is really believing that we serve the greatest innovator and creator of all time. Yeah. yeah. And so any idea that we have is ultimately first and foremost from him. Um, but then he has all the answers of how that's going to play out. And so we've even seen in our journey that what we thought we would start out that's to true. plant has so divinely morphed and shaped to what God had intended it to look like. Mm. Um, and so even if we have these great ideas that are given by God, uh, hold loosely to them, submit them back to the Lord, and then surround yourself with people who ask rigorous questions yeah. and who are willing to dream with you. Because those conversations need to take place. You need to be able to talk it out with someone and go, okay, here's my thought. Here's my idea. What do you think? And if you're surrounding yourself with people who um, don't challenge you to ask the tough questions or don't challenge you to think bigger, then you're going to run into some walls. So it's really submitting that loosely back to the Lord and then surrounding yourself with people who push you back to him and ask those tough, tough questions. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you guys, or at least to download your app, uh, to check out your website, to see what you guys are doing, uh, what would, where would they go? Our website is imagine.church. That is it. Imagine.church. And our app is on your app store, whatever local app store you like to go to. Imagine Church Global 
is the exact name of it, but you can find it just by putting in Imagine Church. Well, we're grateful that uh, you guys joined us today. Thank you so much. And uh, listen, if you're listening to this, uh, this podcast and you have more questions about what they're doing or want to get in touch with them directly, why don't you email podcast at subsplash.com. We'll get, get you in touch with the Clats and they can answer maybe some of the questions that might have come up for you uh, while listening to this. But we're so grateful that you joined us. Uh, we hope that you'll join us again for the next edition of Equip and Engage. Uh, listen, do us a favor. Uh, rate this podcast. We'd love to get five stars <laughs> and to keep this thing moving. Share it with a friend and uh, we'll see you next time on Equip and Engage. Thanks for tuning in to Equip and Engage, where we're sharing insights learned from thousands of conversations with leaders and pastors around the world. To follow along with these conversations, subscribe today or visit our website.